Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wannabe Entrepreneur, the podcast about what's really like to bootstrap a company. My name is Tiago, your host, and uh, today we have a very packed episode for you, always with a lot of content from my past week as an indie hacker. So I'll start by sharing the lifestyle of the entrepreneur. I've been feeling a little bit kind of sad in the past days because I'm burning my savings and it's so hard to make a decent MRR to cover my expenses that it seems almost impossible. So I'll elaborate a little bit on that. And uh, after that, I'll give you the typical project updates on the community. Mostly I've been working in a lot of cool stuff and I'm sure you like it. And in the end, I'll be sharing the tips and tricks of entrepreneurs and I'll be going through the Tony Dean's rise on Twitter. I wrote a post about it, but now I want to go through it in this episode. And uh, it's such a genius marketing strategy that he implemented it that is absurd. I, I, I don't know how a developer, a known trained marketeer was able to implement it. It's really, really great. So I think you'll learn a lot about that. So yeah, that's it. You already know if you want to give me feedback, if you want to chat with me, I answer all the DMs. So make sure to send me a message on Twitter at WB Podcast. The link will also be in the description. And that's it. That's the intro. Let's get started with today's episode. There's people that know what they want to become when they grow up from early on. They know that they want to become a doctor, a nurse, chef, football player, whatever. I always thought that this was not my case. I had many interests. At first I wanted to be a football player. Then I realized that I was not going to be good enough for it. And I want to be a lot of things. A scientist, a biologist. But when the time came to actually apply for college... I just applied for engineering because it was what everyone was telling me to do. Go for engineering. Engineering is a great career. You'll get a job, good paycheck. And then I did. I went for electric engineering and computers. Later, I discovered that I could build websites. It was not super connected with my main course, which was more electronics. But I could somehow follow the path of computer science. And that's what I did. And I've been working as a software engineer ever since. But always with my side projects. Always with this entrepreneurial spirit. Now when I look back, I remember one thing. One very specific thing. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm not the kind of people that like really remembers their childhood my sister is much better than me on that. She remembers a lot of things, small details, small trips that we used to do as a family that I don't. But I do remember one really fun thing I did with my friends back in fourth or third grade. We sold bookmarkers. I really remember this. We were cutting pieces of paper. Then I had this kind of machine that would plastify it and we would draw on them and we would sell this to the kids for like 50 cents. And they would pay. This was like my first memory of being an entrepreneur. I had some 
time, the teachers came to us and said, like, you cannot sell this for money. <laughs> you cannot do that. And then we stopped. Or rather, we, we just started selling it for free or giving it away for free. It was super fun. It's a, it's a really old memory that I still have. And makes me think that I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just didn't know this was possible. No one ever told me that being an entrepreneur would mean is, is even a profession. I, I didn't know. So I went through the engineering route. I hope that now this is changing. Now you can even become a YouTuber. You can become an influencer. Maybe you can also become an entrepreneur. Maybe that's an option. Probably there are already some courses around that. But I know that this is my calling. I know that this is somehow in my DNA. I don't know. This is what I'm good for. I have, I have the skills for it. And I've been doing this full time for a year now. One full year. Yes. On the 12th of May. That's when I started this podcast, which is roughly more or less when I started doing this full time. 12th of May. In one year, I've been able to achieve $300 MRR. I released more than 200 episodes and I was able to speak with people that I would never think I would be able to speak with just because of this podcast. And with this community the main product that I'm building, and even with Change It, my climate change app, I could see the impact. I could see people coming to me and thanking me for making this. And, and I have to tell you, there's no better feeling. There's no better feeling than you create something for nothing and people coming to you and thanking you for doing something that helped them. It's inspiring, is motivating, is everything. It's there's nothing compared, and in that regard, I'm, I'm very much fulfilled. But when I look back and think it's been a year, I'm also terrified. Because I always thought that it's, it was somehow easy, that the reason why I was not succeeding as an entrepreneur was because I was not putting my full attention into it. I had my job, which I really cared about. And now that I've been putting my full attention into it for a year and only reaching $300 is not even enough to pay my bills. It's far from it. It makes me anxious because it makes me, I guess, doubt myself. You know, the imposter syndrome kicks in and I started thinking, why am I just not good enough? How is it possible? And on the other hand, because I'm in this community, I know that it's extremely hard, that even reaching 300 is, is not that easy. I remember when I reached 200 a month ago, that uh, I shared a poll on Twitter asking how many people had reached 200, and it was about 30%. 30% of all my followers and the Twitter indie hacking space, only 30% reached 200. I don't know about 300 now. So it's extremely, extremely hard. And I really appreciate the money. Like I was used to make 5k before taxes a month. How can I like the energy to generate 5k per month for me? It's absurd. You know, it's I cannot even think about it. 
Maybe it's because I just don't have the right product. Maybe there are other products that just they sell themselves and it's much easier for them. But for me, it's not. So part of me is really happy for being able to accomplish one year of this. To be honest, it, it went super fast because I, I really like it. So it's, it's normal. It, a lot of people kind of commend me for being able to do this for a year. But for me, it was easy. What is extremely hard is not knowing the future. And uh, as you know, I've been uh, living already from my savings for the past two months. I'm off unemployment money. And it's okay. I mean, I have, I have money, enough money to be able to continue this life for maybe a year or so. I don't know. But one thing that I've started to notice is that these savings, the savings that I'm burning now are crucial for my future life are crucial for my life if I don't want to take in debt. My partner and I are thinking on buying a house, thinking on starting a life, right? And all of this costs money, a lot of money. And just buying a car, we want to buy a car, one car for both of us. And secondhand, we want to try an electric car, at least 15k. 15k means that uh, if we split by half, it's seven and a half per person. Okay, we can do this. But then if you want to buy a house, you need to pay up front 10%. And houses are expensive. You need to have all of this money on the side. And here in Portugal, a lot of people take in debt. It's impossible with the paychecks in Portugal not to take in debt. And this is what I'm the most afraid of. I have to be honest. I'm really, really afraid of being a slave of the capitalism, of, of money. That I need to work every day, even if I don't like it, to pay my bills. Because I'm filled with debt. This is really, really scary. And it's making me think recently that maybe it's time to start finding something else. Because I don't know if I'm able to keep this community growing. Yes, it's true that it took me six months to reach my first hundred dollars, two months to reach my second, and only one month or half a month to to reach the third to three hundred dollars. But these last three hundred dollars or these last hundred dollars, I reached because I increased the prices of the community and the people, and I really I'm really grateful for that. They upgraded their prices, even though they they didn't have to. They said, Tiago, I'm willing to pay double just for a, com a community to exist because I like it. So this is amazing like to feel this because it means that you're really making something that people enjoy, that people like. It feels great. But at the same time, not a lot of people join the community. Not a lot of new members join. So I cannot keep on increasing the prices and hoping for my members to pay more. This is not scalable, right? So... I predict that I won't be able to continue the growth as I am growing it now. I don't know. Maybe I will. But based on this theory, I guess it will be a bit harder from now on. And, and even if I keep growing, if I want to make, let's say, 5k a month, and I would be super happy with that, I would need to have 500 people in the community, 10 times more what I have now. 
is this even feasible? Like, can the community work with this amount of people? And another option is, of course, to start something new. But I feel that I don't have the energy. I, I feel that I would just need to take a break. But taking a break means also spending savings. I've been talking with a lot of the members in the WB space, and a lot of them are, are feeling the same. A lot of them are trying to find little side gigs, little freelancing jobs that they can use. But it's also hard because we want to keep doing our indie hacking stuff. But a lot of the, these freelancing jobs, they, they require a lot of time. A lot of people tell me, and it seems easy for them, they say like, yeah, just get a freelancing gig. It's not that easy. <laughs> if, if I'm taking a freelancing gig, right? First of all, I need to spend time to find it. And then I will have to put a lot of my time in this freelancing gig, right? I don't know, maybe there are a lot of freelancing gigs that only require one, two days per week, but I don't know of any. Even now, I was just talking with Jasper from the community and he was going through the same and saying, yeah, these freelancing gigs, the most interesting one is asking for one year of my life. One year. I guess at least two, three, four months you'll need to invest. Your, your projects become side projects again, basically. So, yeah, I've been feeling a little bit sad or a little bit depressed in these past days. I guess also because I'm working a lot. I'm really putting a lot of hours into this. And uh, this always... When, when And it happened to me before, you probably remember, with a close burnout call, that when I'm putting too much work into this, I, I'm I'm been working from my office, and... It, that's also kind of affects you, right? Because you wake up, you are, you go to your office, which for me it's inside my house. I work there, and then uh, I don't even leave the house most of the time. So of course that is has an impact. And now I do sports, and this motivates me to get out of the house. And it doesn't feel as bad as before, but definitely I think that if I would go to an office or something like that could help a little bit. But yeah. I think this uncertainty feels a little bit... Uh, it's its rough. It's really rough. And I really want to help people in my situation. And a lot of people, again, in the community are in a similar situation. I, I want to help them. And one thing that I tried to do this past week was to create an expert page. And one thing that we have been learning together is that it's super, super important to talk with your potential clients early on. You need to understand what are their challenges and if your problem will fix their problem. And if your solution, your product will fix their problems and if they are willing to pay for it. it this is really, really important. And another important thing is that people have the money to pay you, right? So when you're doing B2C, right? So business to clients, you cannot ask a lot of money from people, right? It's really rare the B2C businesses that would ask 500,000 euros for, for a person. Like, it's really, really hard, especially subscriptions. So you need to ask them an amount that they can afford, which is 5, 10, 20 bucks. And to make a living from 20 bucks per person, you need at least two, 1,000 to 2,000 people. So it requires a lot of paying customers. Whereas if you are selling to companies, if you're selling to B2B, it's 
probably easier because they have more money to spend. So maybe one client would pay you gladly 100, 500, or even 1,000 per month. So I'm trying to connect my members, the community members, to business owners, to CEOs, people that have problems and they want solutions and they're willing to pay for it. So I created this expert page. You can even go to wannabe-entrepreneur.com slash experts. And I, I, each one of them, I asked them if they would accept to be part of this database. They said so. And now people from the community can reach out to them for feedback, for even to sell to them. And they're willing to listen, which is really, really important. So I've been working on this experts or industry experts database. That's something that I've done last week and people really enjoyed it. And uh, one other thing that I've done and after Tony's interview, and I hope you, you listen to it. I think it's really interesting. And I'll speak more about it in today's episode. But I wanted to play around with the Twitter's API because he did it and it seemed somehow easy and he got a lot of traction. So I thought, okay, let's, let's do it. He even open sourced some of the code. So I just got that code and saw, okay, this is not that hard. I created a Twitter API key and I created a survey to launch Tony's interview. And it's, it's really interesting. I, I thought at least I was super excited. Maybe you won't find it interesting. But the idea is that there's every 30 seconds, there's a new question. And you can see it in my profile. If you go to my header, my, my header updates every 30 seconds with a new question. And uh, people can answer these questions on, on a tweet. They could just comment. And then if the first one to answer the correct answer would win basically and their face will show up in in the next slides of the header i don't know if i explained it correctly anyways i think this was too complex because people just didn't get it and it didn't work and i spent a night full night doing this and it just didn't work at all so well not at all like maybe i think two or three people tried it out and they had their face there but it didn't have the traction that uh, tony dean promised let's say so, yeah, I tried that. It was a flock, which is okay. I mean, some things work, some things do not work. And at least now I have the code for the API and, and for the dynamic banner. And I've done actually something new, which I am really proud of, which was now every 30 seconds, if you go to my uh, profile on Twitter, so WB Podcast, is you see my header, every 30 seconds, it updates with a new WB member. So I created a slide for each member with a pitch, what they are doing, their face, everything, their Twitter handle. And every 30 seconds, it just updates. And uh, I think people liked it. I don't know if it's actually bringing a lot of attention to the members, but at least now every time someone visits my Twitter profile, they will see the member that is there at that time. And uh, it's also somehow a marketing technique for WB Space. And it was also a way for me to motivate the members to create uh, WB member pages. So the reason why I want people to create WB member pages is because, first of all, then the others, the potential new clients can see the members. And uh, also when they are creating this page, they also leave a review of the WB space. And these reviews is really, really good for social validation. And I show them in the landing page. And besides that, of course, there's the benefit of if I want to see what one member is up to, I can just go there and check it out. I even have like a little graph of their MRR so I can see how everything is evolving. So 
it's becoming more and more complex and there's more reasons for people not to create the WB page. But another reason is so that they can be featured in the header. So that's what I've done with the Twitter banners. I think they work really well. And last but not least in the community, one thing that I'm doing now is to come up with stats, statistics around the community usage. And it's quite fun. I, I can uh, get some stats from Slack, see which users are posting the most on DMs, on channels. And I will also create some kind of awards so this is really important for uh, to keep the morale of the community, to keep the gamification going. And also, again, as a way for potential clients to see what's going on in the community. Because I don't really like to offer the trial periods. And I've told you in the past why you can just go and listen to the episode. But it's really hard also for potential new clients to understand what's going on inside the community without being part of it. So if I have these nice stats with the top channels and the people that the top messengers and everything like that, then people will understand what's happening there. People will see the engagement. They will see the data and, and the data doesn't lie. Well, sometimes it might lie, but not in this case. So this is something that I've been working on in the community. And I've said community, community a lot. That's basically my full work. It's been that marketing, creating new features, thinking about it. So th that's basically been all of this. And that's it for my project updates and the lifestyle of an entrepreneur. This time I kind of mixed both together. And now let's go to the last section of today's episode, tips and tricks for entrepreneurs. And uh, I'm really excited about this one, I have to say. So I am a very lazy podcaster. So this episode today is being recorded maybe two hours before it's being launched. And even for my interviews, I don't have that big of a catalog of people to interview. Sometimes I'm, I'm stressing out to get one interview for, for a week and I, I try to get a person and I only interview them in the day before. I think that's even happening. Yeah, this is happening this week. So I'm really lazy. And sometimes for my interviews, I feel that I should prepare myself better of course, I do some research, I, I listen to other interviews that my guests have maybe given, I read what they write and everything, but sometimes I speak with them and I learn more about them and I get so interested about it that I go and research even more. And that's basically what happened with Tony Dean. With Tony, I did, of course, some initial research, then we spoke, and then I was really curious to learn more about his growth on Twitter because it was so fast and he is making 7k MRR already. So I, I was very curious about it. So what did I do? I went on his Twitter and I stalked it. Since the beginning of 2021, I saw each one of his tweets and saw the ones that worked and the ones that did not work. And I kind of made a lot of observations about the way he was able to market his product. And at first, people might think, okay, maybe it was just luck, maybe just found the right product. After doing this research, I cannot shake this feeling that this is completely a genius marketing strategy. Like, the way he has done it, the way he has implemented it is amazing. And I have to say that I truly believe that if you would just add built black magic and shared, even if it was exactly the same, same features looking exactly the same, 
Without that marketing strategy, it wouldn't have worked. The marketing strategy was on point, was amazing. And I'm really, really surprised because he's a developer. He doesn't have any marketing training, but he's done it so well, which is really, really amazing. And I want to go together with you. I wrote an Indie Hackers post and it it had a lot of success. People really enjoyed it. At first, I didn't get a lot of traction. So I was already getting nervous, like, hey, I work so much and I don't get the appreciation. But then... I did get 30 upvotes, so and a lot of people saying that they liked it. So if you put in the time, most of the times, people will uh, appreciate. So I will also share the link of this post. I also wrote it on my blog. So I'll share it on the description so that you can go and follow it afterwards. But I want to go through his journey in this episode and uh, kind of describe what I've learned because I find it really interesting. So... Tony started his Twitter career in the beginning of 2021. Until then, he didn't have many followers. He didn't care too much about it, but he wanted to do marketing. He was developing uh, dev utils before, and uh, it got some traction because it was featured in the Mac store, in the Apple store, like for for Mac apps. But uh, there was no real marketing strategy. And he learned from other indie hackers that Twitter was the place to go to do this kind of marketing. So he started researching, he started creating an account, or he had an account already, but he started like kind of following the right people. And he learned all the terminology, the lingo around Twitter. Building public, always do marketing. As a developer, I hate this, by the way, when someone starts it with, with, as a developer, do you like CSS? I'm tired of that. you, You really see there are certain patterns on Twitter with people just copying each other because it works? Well, really annoying. Anyways, he started doing a building public kind of an account, sharing screenshots of the tools he was working on and so on. And at first, like most of us, he didn't have a lot of traffic, right? So four likes, three likes, but he was putting a lot of time. There was even a time when he shared his uh, screen time and it was 11 hours on Twitter. So Really, really a lot of time on Twitter and uh, also on Messenger, apparently. He was still using Messenger right there. Okay, interesting. Anyways, yeah, you could see that uh, there was a growth, but really, really small and slow growth. So he kept on exploring and playing around with it. And then it came his first viral tweet. He was playing around with simulating water, the flow of water using JavaScript. He has seen that in some GitHub's rep or something, and he just wanted to reproduce it. And he coded for 10 hours and shared the results in a little really interesting video. I have to say, it's really, really cool. And uh, it got him his first viral tweet with uh, 183 likes and 10 retweets, or 13 retweets, including the quote retweets. So he found that uniqueness when you you make something unique people really like it people want to share it and and it makes sense right even in the interview if you remember and i really really recommend you for you to listen because you'll learn a lot from tony he says that to make something viral you either need to be funny you you need to be an expert in the topic he basically kind of uh, enumerated the multiple steps to be viral and for him he was not like particularly funny but he was creative, so he could make something unique. 
So we started to think, okay, what else can I do that is completely unique, that no one has ever seen on Twitter? And he started exploring Twitter's API. He started checking it out and he said, wait, there's a lot of cool things I can actually do. I can, for instance, update my header, my profile header, every 30 seconds. And he started doing this. And that was his first, I guess, the first step towards black magic. He, he did a tweet where he said, comment with an emoji and your emoji will be featured in my header. And people really liked this. And again, this tweet got 73 likes and 160 comments. People were really surprised. This was unique. So Tony knew that he had stepped into gold. He just needed to continue abusing, quote-unquote, the Twitter's API. And he was coming up with a lot of ideas. And again, he's a creative dude. I mean, a lot of us indie makers are, are creative, right? So it was not hard for him to come up with ideas. And from then on, he started doing the building public really well. So one thing that he asked was, should I make my banner thing into a product? And he created a little poll and 62% uh, of the people said, good idea. So he's already taking feedback from people. And uh, the next thing, he was basically always sharing the things he was doing. And the next thing he built was the progress bar. And you probably know, if you are on, on Twitter, you know this progress bar. A lot of people have it in their profile and it basically it's a progress bar towards a certain goal. So if you say your goal is reaching, let's say, a thousand Twitter followers, the progress bar updates according to the followers. So he has done that. And again, huge success. A lot of people liking it. And a lot of people wanted to do that as well. They, they wanted to have their own progress bar. So he started to kind of test the fields to see if people would be interested in having these products. And... Uh, he started building black magic from the start. And do you think that he just shared it around and did a product hunt launch? Probably that's what I would have done, to be honest. I would build this and share it to everyone and see if I could make money. But no, and this is what I, I find the brilliance, with the genius of, of this marketing strategy. He started creating FOMO, fear of missing out. So what he said was, I'm only giving access to a few restricted group of people who wants to be the first ones reply with a hand emoji a lot of people replied and he gave access to these people only to these people i think it was the first a thousand people and they all got access we called it that first bluebird black magic he released this and uh, he, he even one he said this in an interview he wanted to call it twitter black magic but he was afraid that twitter wouldn't like it so he called it at first apparently i was just checking now bluebird black magic and he released it to these 1,000 people, to his beta testers, for free. Initially, it was for free. He just wanted to see people using it and create this buzz around uh, black magic. And it worked. A lot of people started featuring him. There was, like, creators from all over the world. There's even a, in, in the blog post, I shared a video from, uh, I believe, India. And uh, they're just speaking about his tools, about his banners. And he kept on using the Twitter's API to come up with new ideas. And suddenly he released one of these most successful ideas, which was the my three latest followers banner. So suddenly he just wrote on a tweet and he said, I have done it. My profile banner now shows my latest three followers. Updates every 60 seconds. 
people couldn't believe. So they would just follow and see if their faces would show up in his banner and then they would never unfollow. He gained 4,000 followers. 4,000! Can you imagine? This is crazy. So once he shared this, because he kept on sharing this, people were like, I, I need this banner. I need to get also this number of, of followers. So he's creating this huge buzz, this huge FOMO around, uh, around this product, but only a thousand people can access it. What did he do next? Yes, he gave... I don't know if you guessed it. I just said yes, but I assume you guessed it. I don't know. You're very smart, so you probably guessed it. He gave a code, like an invite code to the current members. So there's a thousand members and he said, okay, you can now invite three people for free to use black magic. And when I say for free, this is not like a lifetime deal for free. This is a beta deal for free, which means while this is still in beta, the product is free. Once it's out of beta, you will have to pay. And I, I remember I got a ticket. I, I, I even used black magic at first. I, I think I got it from Kavya. And I remember like feeling excited by for testing this restricted product that just because I was connected, I got in just because I had connection. So it felt really nice. And uh, he used FOMO at his advantage. It was amazing. He got like 3,000 people using and speaking about the product. Even more important than using it is speaking about the product. And then, only then, he launched it on Product Hunt. And he didn't even launch Black Magic in its own. He, he, he launched it first the Twitter real-time banner as its own feature. Then he launched Black Magic. The Twitter real-time banner got 944 upvotes. What? This is absurd. This is completely absurd. And Tony, he told me that because of the launches, he was able to go from $300 MRR to $4,000. $4,000. He tells me also that that's his Twitter strategy. He creates a huge buzz. He does a launch. There's a huge spike. On, on his MRR, and then it stagnates, and it does it all over again. And if I remember correctly, I think that's also how Peter Levels did it. He used Product Hunt for that. He was basically always releasing new features on Product Hunt and cultivating the audience. So maybe this is it. Maybe this is what we should start doing. We should start cultivating an audience, building this audience on Twitter, and then doing a launch, using the audience to catapult this launch to get more people, to get more clients, and then do this over and over again. This is probably what I'll be doing now for the community, to be honest. So, yeah, this is it. After, after that, he, he told me that he knew that he was going in the right path, and he quit his job. And uh, he has been a full-time indie hacker for roughly a year, actually even less. And, uh, I mean, he's super happy, right? 7K MRR. That's, that's definitely the dream. So, yeah, that's it. That's the story of uh, Twitter growth of Tony Dean. I'm, su I'm following him for sure. And you should too. Because I want to see what he's doing next. I want to see and learn from his marketing strategy. And don't get me wrong. He's a very good developer as well. And he makes really good products. But there's a lot of people making really good products and not having this success. So Tony was able to do it. And I hope you learned something as well from this analysis I did. He, Tony himself, he kind of compiled all of his tweets into a Notion page. 
And I, I also linked that in my post. So you can just go there and check it out. Everything will be in the show notes of today's episode. And that's it. That's it for uh, the episode today. I hope you enjoyed it. You can uh, buy the WB merch on store.wannabe-entrepreneur.com. It really helps me to keep this podcast floating. As well, you can uh, support this podcast. And at the same time, how amazing is this deal? Huh? At the same time, you can become a member of the WB space. We are now more than 50 paying members and it's growing and a lot of people really, really love it. So what are you waiting for? Just come and join us. At the same time, you can make sure that this podcast continues to exist. It costs $10 per month and the link will also be in the description. Besides that, this is really, really important. Share this episode or whatever episodes or if there's a quote, something that you learned and you really enjoyed about this episode, share it on your Twitter. It really, really helps. And uh, I know that uh, sometimes it feels a bit weird to, to ask for people to share, but this really works. You know, sometimes I just ask people that tell me that they liked an episode if they could just share it and they do. So this is also what I'm asking you. If you like it, sharing it will really take this podcast a long way and help me growing it and keep me motivated to do more and more episodes. So it's up to you. This was another wannabe entrepreneur. See you on Thursday. That's it. I'm going out. I'm going to work from the coffee place.